interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 91 of the DC Comics Review Show here on Not A Robot. As always, I have my amazing co-host here with me, Rob, who is joining us from the first week of parenthood. How you doing? Tired. <laughs> I, 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 I bet. <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, it's been a week. It's been a good week, though. <laughs> Yeah, that's, sleep that's really schedules good. And, and sleep schedules and uh, stress levels. Yep. <laughs> that's it. That'll uh, do it every time. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and Josh was a a veteran at at, uh, at Parenthood, so I hear. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got a few out there. I'm doing well. I hope everybody out there is doing well too. Excellent, excellent. Today on the show, we will be covering Nightwing number 91, Catwoman 42, The Flash 781, and Trial of the Amazons Wonder Girl number 2. And of course, there will be some titles that we mention in our spotlight section. Uh, But make sure you stick around until the end of this episode to hear our top three books of this week, The Biggest Stinker, and of course, to find out which titles might just make the dump list. If you would like to support us further, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash podcast for either a one-time donation or subscription for access to our Discord, as well as other exclusive content available on the network. But with all that out of the way, let's get to some news. Guys, what's new with you this week? Aside from Parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's easily the biggest news in my neck of the woods. <laughs> Right. How 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 is your little girl doing? She is doing wonderful. And for those that don't know, her name is Haley. Uh, hi, for Haley. Everybody that asks because that I get that question every time. It's H A I L E Y. They always ask how we're spelling it because there's like 15 different ways to spell that name. Yeah. But I did also accidentally come across the connection. This wasn't on purpose. I, I always just linked the name Haley. But there's a, a deep connection to DC there, and Nightwing fans know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah which we'll uh, we'll we'll even be mentioning this week. Um, yeah. But uh, that's that's another Haley that is special to us. I hope. Um, but uh... <laughs> speaking of which, did did you guys see that image that was passed around? of the Deathstroke family and they had a puppy too and it's the fur color was split down the middle of the face (laughs) I did not see that but that's adorable I'll have to I'll have to pull that up and and and, uh, put it in the discord (laughs) Uh, well Uh, in terms of comics nudes I don't really anything yeah, the only thing I have are, you know, really two brief announcements. The first one was one that we wanted to mention last week, but it came out like 10 minutes after we wrapped. So yeah. we figured we'd just mention it the next time we recorded. Um, but that is the announcement that there is a, a spin-off miniseries 
uh, for Batman White Knight that uh, Sean Murphy has been teasing for a little while, but we finally get the official confirmation that is, of course, Batman White Knight Presents Red Hood, a two-issue series that will be Ooh. written by Sean Murphy and Clay McCormack with art by Simone DeMeo, who is absolutely amazing, uh, and colors oh, yeah. by Dave Stewart. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. It's going to be detailing the backstory of Jason Todd in the White Knight universe, and it's also going to give us a little bit more information on this mysterious Robin that he took in uh, from, you know, from the uh, from the East Backport. So it should be really cool. Mm-hmm. I am looking forward to it myself. That's definitely that's a very original kind of cool story, man. I mean, we've seen Jason with a a, a, a Robin before, but um, this I, this is going to be totally different, and I can't wait to get mm-hmm. my eyes on it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's not going to be. Red Hood and Scarlet. It's not going to be Wingman and Redbird. This is going to be Red Hood and a you know a very distinct looking Robin. So definitely interested to see how that's all going to play out. Um, but that goes on sale in July um, and <clears throat> has uh, two variant covers: one from Olivier Capel and one from Simone DeMeo, both of which look awesome. And you can check out all the information on. Adventures in Poor Taste, uh, they go into a little bit more detail on the solicits and other information. Right on. Hey, speaking of Robins, anybody know where we're at with the Round Robin Tournament? I was just checking up on that to pull up the image of the bracket, and I've also got some very interesting news that came out yesterday that I'll admit I completely missed because I've been busy. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, I'm also trying to pull up some tweets from DC editor Andrea Shea from a few years ago, but as I mentioned last week, she tweets a lot, so it's really hard <laughs> to find it. Um, yeah. There was an announcement she was going to do last Friday, but got pushed to Monday. Uh, where the hell is it? It had to do with DC Pride. Shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Connor Hawk, getting his own book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I can't wait. He's, right on. It's connected to Pride because he's going to uh, come out as um, asexual, I believe. Uh, Who, Connor so, Hawk? Connor Hawk, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can see Sounds that. about right. That's interesting, yeah. Uh, so it's... Hey, we're getting more Connor Hawk. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, I mean, how do you drop that you're asexual? I mean... It's not like it's something that you can show as a relationship on the page. So I'm very curious as to how they're going to do it. Well, I'll probably mean, just say he's all... not really interested in relationships. Yeah. I have, it's kind of, it's kind of you know, had, con- yeah, I've had conversations with people who are ace and, and they are, you know, they're, they, it's not like they just come out with a big proclamation. They're more just like, uh, just not really interested in those kinds of types of relationships um yeah. and obviously you know asexual doesn't necessarily mean aromantic which you know yeah. is, is well, they're, they're um, just not sexually attracted they're just yeah they just they don't prefer not. sexual activity yeah so it's, yeah, it's which, exciting. yeah it's i mean feels on par with connor plus he was i think yeah. he was raised as a monk it, so i i, I kind does, of always assumed that he was a uh, celibate I guess the thought never crossed my mind, but the fact that he was raised by a monk kind of seals that deal, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. raised as a monk, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so round robin. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys know about this other news that I just discovered, but if not, you'll get a pleasant surprise. So, <laughs> we're into round three of the 2022 tournament. Uh, I feel like I already mentioned this, but this just came out recently, I think. So, Constantine and the Demon beat out the Hawks. Uh, Suicide Squad Dark beat out Kid Flash. Superboy beat out Green Lantern, and Green Lantern beat out Ghost Tour from Hell. So, our final matchups, not our, well, our second semifinal matchups are uh, Green Lantern versus Superboy and Constantine the Demon versus Suicide Squad Dark. We got some interior art as well and they all look really damn good in my opinion. Uh, at least for Twitter, Superboy is beating Green Lantern 60-40 and Constantine and the Demon is beating Suicide Squad Dark 57-43. We will find out. Uh, I'm not sure when the voting for this one ends. Oh, there's, yeah, three, two and a half days left for Twitter, so we'll hopefully find out next week who's in the final. But beyond that, they announced yesterday uh, that the four books that did not make it to round three are still getting published in six-page short stories. So we're still getting those. How many of them? No. When when oh, when I'll, I speak right when now. I speak when I speak <laughs> it becomes reality. Oh, there's more. I know what it <laughs> is to be God. Into existence, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my I'm god. Funny. We got we got Hawkman and Hawkwoman the Changeling, DC Horror presents Ghost Rider from Hell, Kid Flash the Speed of Fear and Green Lantern the Birth of Conspiracy are all coming as far as I know, it might just be so far to DC Universe Infinite as six-page short stories, but they're coming. Not only that, but this I just saw on Andrea's... Okay, here it is. Uh, let me just double-check something. Double-check something. Okay, so that, that was from last year's tournament. Huh. Okay, even more interesting. Blue Beetle Graduation Day is getting published. Oh, wow. So that's cool. Sweet. If I remember right, that was the runner-up from last year. Yeah. So there is hope. Was it? <laughs> I think all I know. Every time I looked at a round robin bracket, ninety nine percent of the Twitter comments were just people saying, "Publish them all! Publish them all!" What yes. are you doing? And yep. I think they're finally listening. So yeah. Well, it's not all of them, but hey, at least no, it's the final it's start. Form. Something. Yeah. 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 And and the, the fact that they're that's... not ignoring last year's tournament either. There were some really good story sounds, or uh, good-sounding good stories. I mean, to say from last year's tournament. So. Oh yeah, no, that that's that's really encouraging to hear, actually, because I had, yeah. you know, sort of rallied against a lot of the round robin stuff because I felt like it was just such a waste of good content when they could just put it out yeah. on a digital platform. But now that they're actually doing that, it's, it's it's just really encouraging because I hope that people see there's not only an audience for that. But, you know, if these books are successful digitally, they can always reprint them. Marvel yeah. has done this multiple times over. I mean, literally just recently, the um, the X-Men Latitude uh, digital series with John Hickman and, and uh, Declan Shalvey was, you know, reprinted um, in, uh, in, <clears throat> in comic stores. So it's not like you can't, you know, translate one into the other. Um, if, if that's what fans want. So I just, I feel like it's such an obvious solution and the fact that they're finally just embracing that is, uh, is good. But yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, I was suggesting that like a month ago and now here we are. When I, yeah. when I speak, it becomes reality. <laughs> I, I have the power it's, of on high. 
it's, it's what happens around you. Uh, um, but no, that's that's yeah, really Marvel's cool. Whole, yeah, Marvel's whole idea with Infinity Comics, I think, is is really the good way to go if you're not 100 mm-hmm. percent sure about a story, like you said. Yeah, definitely. And they've been doing that. And the the X Men, I imagine the X Men story you're talking about was an Infinity comic. It's not the only mm-hmm. one that they've done as an Infinity comic online and then released no? physical later on like it's the perfect way to get a, a good grasp of how many people want to read this mm-hmm. yeah yeah no, that's that's really cool there was a, yeah. a one that i saw that had like alan scott I, I didn't pay too much attention to it but i think that one just looked really cool and and i was just i was hoping that maybe there was some way they could bring it back if they ever decided to publish oh, these from, digitally so i hope we do get a chance to read that one yeah the Alan yeah, Scott that, that Green one, Lantern one. It's right up my alley. Birth of Conspiracy. It, it's, oh, yeah. it's Alan Scott dealing with classic 50s conspiracy theories. Oh, it man. sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that just sounds awesome. Yes, it does. Uh, so that, that's that's yeah, it cool. from uh, DC's neck of, neck of the Woods. I think there were some other announcements, uh, but I can't find them right now. I don't think anything yeah, is I... big. Mm. Well, I just no, I just did one quick one, which was that the um, the preview to the second issue of the Sandman Universe Nightmare Country for anyone who is a fan of the first issue is out, um, and uh, you can you know check that out also on Adventures in Poor Tastes. Um, this one will still have art by Lissandra Theron, but um, is going to have some new artwork from Andrea Sorrentino um, doing the oh, nightmare sequences. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, check it out. Looks really cool. Awesome. Dude. And then um, this one I just saw. I guess uh, DC announced that they're going to be celebrating George Perez uh, in every issue in June for George Perez's birthday. Um, you know, it's just oh, kind sweet. of a tribute to all of his stuff. That's pretty. Fun. Which looks really cool. Well, I mean, I'm guessing that's it for the news. Um, yeah. Before we get into anything else, I just, we aren't covering these ones, but I thought I'd mention them. They're all pretty much worth a read. Uh, Catwoman, Lonely City, N- Nice House on the Lake, Wonder Woman Evolution, and Refrigerator Full of Heads. All of them have been consistently good since the beginning, so check them out. Then we've got the the spotlight, right? Yep, it is our spotlight, and it's time to shine that bright light on the night. Oh. See, I can rhyme work. too. <laughs> <laughs> but before we start, I wanted to ask, Lonely City, how many issues is it? Because I thought it was three. The run? Yeah. I think that's. I think that's right. Well, the the end says otherwise. There is at least a fourth book coming. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I, I was convinced totally it was three it. issues, and I got to the end, and there's there's definitely more. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's refocus that light back on the night, and this is, of course, Batman: The Night, more specifically, uh, was brought to us by our regular team. Uh, Written by Chip Zdarsky with art from Carmine Gian Domenico, 
colors from Ivan Placencia and letters from, I probably should have written this down beforehand, definitely not pulling it up right now, uh, Pat Brissou. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so Batman goes to train with Master Kirigi at his dojang in Tibet where he befriends a young Minkoa Khan, the future Ghostmaker, and his fellow student. He discovers some nasty secrets about Kirigi's dojang and the people that he chooses to instruct until he is ultimately forced to leave when he will not learn the kill techniques that Kirigi is planning to teach them. <clears throat> Minkoa joins him as they head off to their next place of study after dealing with some of the nastier members of Kirigi's Dojang. Um, pretty solid, you know, in my my uh, opinion. I really enjoyed this issue. Probably my favorite one of the bunch. Um, just interesting seeing Bruce in all these different locations. And uh, I think the art from Carmine Dijian Domenico is really just working in this series, but I think was uh, really working in this issue in particular just because it kind of focused on the fighting and the technique and all that stuff. Um, so I really dug oh, it yeah. and uh, interested to see where Bruce ends up next. So I gave this one an 8.5. Yeah, getting to watch young Bruce Wayne train and also get the influence that shaped who he was, not just what he can do. I, I think it's the best art this week, man. I'm, I'm in it to the end. It's awesome. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, it's it's been a very cool story so far. Um, I I think I've said before I love seeing this side of Bruce's past that you don't get to see very often, and it's backed up by wonderful art uh, that I just love oh, to yeah. look at. And it's really cool to see some of the newer characters making into Bruce's past so quickly in their life. So mm. uh, that's nice to see that Chip Starsky is taking cues from all eighty years of Bruce's history. Uh, eight out of ten for me for this one. Awesome. All right, where well, our spotlight does not end there is we're going to refocus that light over to, well, two different colors I should say, not just one color. We're gonna we're gonna tint the light a little bit with some blue and some gold, with blue and gold number eight respectively. Uh, <laughs> yes, that is a blue and gold number eight, the final issue in this eight issue series. I'm gonna pass it over to Rob to uh, to give us all the details. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it is a damn shame that this is the last issue. But this this is brought to us <laughs> from Booster Gold's usual suspect, Dan Jurgens, with <laughs> art from Ryan Sook, inks from Wade Von Graubadger, and letters from Rob Lee. So Booster and Beetle are living large on a mission to rescue dozens of stolen artworks from none other than Rainbow Raider. And they begin to head home and find out that they are flat broke and uh, typical gold restoration happens, has to close up shop. But before they reach home, Buggles gets hijacked and teleports them to a Badlands, where they are met with the mysterious Black Beetle. Fans of the old, um, late 2000s Booster Gold series will remember that character. Uh, he still hates them, and they fight through time to keep him off balance, ending up in the prehistoric ages, I believe. His mask gets blasted off uh, to finally reveal that he's actually a Booster Gold from Earth 3, who was scorned by the crime syndicate for trying to join their ranks. He hates Booster for always being so positive and upbeat, and while they had him on the ropes, he does get a moment to escape, and the pair return to their base where Batman is waiting for them to offer them funding to last a lifetime. I think I 
speak yeah. for everybody in the world when I say I hope we get more. <laughs> yeah. It was, at least for me, it was really nice to have a brief return to Dragon's World with Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. I think the art was stunning. I had a blast reading this. It had the right level of humor. Uh, it had the right level of action and enough cues from his own works in the past to to please not only new fans but longtime fans as well. I gave this an 8.75 out of 10. I don't know exactly how I feel yet about uh, the Black Beetle reveal, but it's interesting. Like, there's only mm-hmm. so many ways you could do a reveal and have it make sense, uh, apart from just not having a reveal at all and making him a question mark forever. But here we are. Uh, yeah, oh, we'll man. see. The, the art in this was fantastic. I love Ryan Sook. I love everything that dude touches, but... Um, the, the the beetles, the scarabs, all of that shit. I completely had forgotten that that was a part of Booster Gold's run back then. Um, so I'm much more familiar with the Young Justice version of it. And I like that one a whole lot better. <laughs> yeah. Like a whole lot better. And I just, it was, this was the ultimate letdown for me to wrap up this series. I had such a fun time, such a fun time uh, reading this book. It was, it was, well, hell, it was exactly what you would expect from a blue and gold book. But the Black Beetle being booster gold, that kind of, that kind of aggravated the shit out of me. And then Bruce Wayne having $20 million to throw around is not how things are going right now either. Yeah. So I mean, ultimately... They, they did have that footnote that it takes place before, uh, I think it was Joker War when he lost all his money. But yes, yeah, it was. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's good. I didn't realize that, that I, 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 I missed the footnote. I was really disappointed with it, man. I wanted to love it so much, but I gave it a seven out of ten. This uh, this issue was uh, just a lot of fun. Um, the series has had—I don't want to say ups and downs, but it, it's had moments of, of really great strength and moments where it's been a little weaker for me. Um, but this one was just—I don't know. It felt like it really wrapped it up tightly, and so I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to going back and rereading this series and, and maybe seeing if, if my opinions changed on some of the issues now that I feel like it's had a satisfying conclusion. Um, the Black Beetle reveal, it seems like some people are kind of disappointed in that one because I, I know it was kind of a mystery that was played up in the, um, in the was that the Jeff Johns Dan Jurgens Booster Gold series? I don't remember I exactly. I think one, it was, yeah, yeah from yeah from like 06 after Infinite Crisis. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of mystery around that. So I, mean, I don't necessarily mind it so much, but um, I, I don't know. Like, I always feel like you're going to have a bit of trouble having a satisfying mystery revealed. Uh, but in any case, it was it was just really fun. And uh, I, I just I, I love this cover so much because it's so Great. like <laughs> it's so ridiculous with all these quotes. Yeah. But it, it, it really just works with uh, the tone of this whole series. And so. Um, I'm, I'm digging it and I'm with you, Rob. I really hope we get a follow up soon of them just doing, you know, their, their blue and gold thing with, uh, um, you know, with their company and, and seeing what happens next. 
Um, I hope this is not the end of the the blue and gold duo in this era of uh, of DC. So I gave it an eight point two five. I was just really satisfied with it. Uh, and our final one for this week, our final spotlight, our final one that will be getting the beautiful bright light shown upon it is uh, a, a book that I think is quite bright, both aesthetically uh, but story-wise as well. Uh, and that is, of course, Batman Superman, World's Finest, number two, brought to us by the blockbuster team that is Mark Wade, Mr. Dan Mora, Colors by Tamara Bonvalain and Letters from Aditya Bidikar. It's all the stars lined up together to create this wonderful, glorious project. Uh, but yes, what sir. is it about? What is the mystery? Uh, well, Niles Calder, after saving Superman's life through some very rapid surgery, uh, gives our world's finest a history lesson on Neja, the son of an ancient warlord named Jing Li, who vowed to conquer the Earth using mystic means and mystic people. Uh, he is simultaneously attacking other heroes in the DCU, like Flash and Wonder Woman, and Bats decides that it's best if they split up, uh, the world's finest, that is, uh, split up uh, to tackle the threats in both the past and the present. Bats tells Robin to head back to the past with Supergirl to meet the House of G and discover how to defeat Neja, while Superman and Batman will be traveling to Philadelphia to help a struggling Billy Batson against Felix Faust. Uh, Felix Faust unfortunately gets the upper hand and sends the duo, or trio really, to the fiery pits of hell, where trouble is surely awaiting. Uh, uh, the series is a lot of fun. Um, I was, I don't know, I, I, lukewarm is not the right word. I was satisfied with the first issue, but I didn't love it, because oh, I, I think I had a lot of expectations for Mark Wade's return, and this just kind of felt like, I don't know, like filler, like a filler arc that you would do. Like it, it just it needed something more. It needed some. I don't, I don't know. I don't need that. Every, I don't need every story to have a greater importance. But I felt like it needed a little bit more kind of substance to really bring me in in a serious way. Um, it doesn't have to be like Kingdom Come or Flash, but I guess I was just expecting a little bit more. But this one really feels like it's kind of um, building towards that. I'm not entirely interested in the whole like demon neja subplot but i feel like it's doing a really great job to just highlight the relationship between bats and superman and also just you know having some fun little um uh, uh team-ups with the uh, characters of the past like the doom patrol and uh supergirl and you know the classic dick grace and robin so it's fun um it's very fun i don't know that i'm completely sold on it but I think I enjoyed this one a little bit more than I did the first one now I'm kind of starting to understand its purpose I guess um, so this one got an 8 out of 10 for me And I, uh, speaking of relationships and uh, Su Supergirl and Robin um, I can't wait to read more about that why in the hell they have such a problem with each other I think the implication is it was a date like, they had had a date, but it went really poorly, because um, I was trying to understand that, too. And I think it was like, I, if, I'm, if I'm reading it correctly, I think the, the implication that Wade and Mora are going for is that Robin and Supergirl went on a date at some point. It went really badly, because Dick was being his usual clown self, um, and then it just really embarrassed them both. So now they don't really want to talk to each other. All right. The, that, that's probably the, 
the ticket there because yeah. the jokes would make sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess I was a little flighty when I read it. Uh, um, the one thing that I, <laughs> okay, that's okay. It's not the, I think it was funny that the son got so pissed off that they were broke that he cut his dad's head off. That That's a little <laughs> over the top, man. Um, uh. But uh, they decide to use negative man to change the kryptonite into some other kind of matter, right? Something harmless. But, I, I mean, I didn't think negative man could do that, something like that. But, I mean, who, hey, who am I to argue with the creator, right? But I thought that that that's like a, a that I, I I was under the assumption that that's a new power for negative man, being able to alter things on a molecular level. Yeah, Brandon, I know you're a, a fan of the Doom Patrol. Is am I right there or? Uh, no, it's it's not um, entering someone's bloodstream. I don't think I've seen that before, but. Um, altering someone's or like the chemical makeup of something that I don't think that's a new power, at least not okay. from what I can remember. Um, right. But yeah, uh, it's a it's a pretty cool side story kind of thing going on. But uh, I'm I'm really digging it. I thought the first issue was a hell of a setup issue, and that this is continuing the 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 fun of the first issue. And I hope that we haven't seen the last of the Doom Patrol here either. Um, but yeah. altogether, man, I, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I had fun with it. Yeah. I will say this, though, is just one final point. I didn't put this in my, my script, but I, I just I just remembered it. And um, I, I didn't get to mention it because I wasn't here when you guys reviewed the first issue. But I do think it there is something kind of poetic about um, Mark Wade's first DC series in almost a decade. Um, not just focusing on Batman and Superman, but also bringing in the Doom Patrol because, um, and this is a really deep cut, but for for those who were unaware, one of the first series that Mark Wade ever edited at DC uh, was Doom Patrol while it was being written by uh, a little creator that you may or may not have heard of by the name of uh, Grant Morrison in 1988, Mm -hmm. um, which always makes me laugh um, because it's like, you know their styles could not have been more different, but yet here he was, this this future superstar Mark Wade editing one of the most iconic runs on Doom Patrol of all time, um, and now here he is writing the Doom Patrol, a very different one, mind you, but uh, writing Doom Patrol uh, some thirty years later. So, some, something kind of beautifully poetic about that. He also managed to work in Gog or Magog. Yeah, yeah. That that, that shadow. <laughs> gotta gotta throw in the Kingdom Come reference. Or yeah. is that Neza, or maybe it's maybe it's Gog? I'm not sure. Oh, no, certainly Ma- like Magog. Either one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this this issue though is for me just gorgeous. I honestly, I, I read it and I just had to go back and look at the art. It was beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stop. It, it was very Dan Moore's outdone himself. I think. Um, oh yeah. Which is hard to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the story is, is cool, too. It's it's fresh while remaining classic. I just I love this tone that Mark Waite has set, where it really feels like a story from decades ago, but it is, mm-hmm. at the same time, very modern in the writing style. It, it's just, uh, yeah, 
like you said, Superstar is a mastercraft of the work, I think. Um, I, I kind of agree with your beat about uh, a bit more substance, but I think we'll get that soon. Yeah, uh, um, I, I think... I, oh, sorry, no, it's, I was just going to say, uh, it's sorry. it's still the first yeah. two issues, so it's, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's but, a yeah. simmering boil, guys. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I gave this one a 9 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, before we get into our main reviews for this week, <laughs> before we get into our main reviews for this week, we're going to take a brief commercial break. So stay tuned. We will be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now back to our program. And we're back. And to kick it off, we are going to start our reviews for this week. With Nightwing number 91, part two of a very exciting team-up between Dick Grayson and Wally West. Uh, This is brought to us uh, by the usual suspects. I'm going to steal the word that that Rob used, uh, Mr. Tom Taylor, with art from Geraldo Borges. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Colors from Adriana Lucas and letters from Wes Abbott. Dick Grayson and Wally West have teamed up to take down KG Beast again, who make quick work of him, uh, KG Beast, and his crew. After tying him up, KG Beast reveals he's hidden a secret bomb somewhere in Gotham City, which Nightwing and Flash quickly discover the location of and disable because they're good at their jobs. Uh, They head back to Wally's place where Oracle (laughs) is trying to track down the location of KG Beast's employer. She has trouble pinpointing an exact symbol exact signal, uh, but manages to locate the tower where the cell signal bounced off of somewhere in the jungles of Costa Rica. After an embarrassing piggyback ride from Flash, Nightwing and Flash <laughs> arrive in the jungle and find the tower. Flash scouts ahead and finds a secret secret villain base with landmines, the latter of which indicates they knew the two were coming. The duo handles the guards that try to ambush them before facing off against the mysterious La Gente Funebra herself. She's fast and hard, but Dick manages to get the upper hand. That sounded really dirty when I said that. Oh my god, I did not realize that when I wrote it. Wow. Okay. But Nightwing manages to get the upper hand. Um... When Nightwing and Flash enter Finebre's secret HQ, they uncover an entire network of assassins that she had access to, which Dick decides could be useful, not for murder, of course, but to lead them all into traps (laughs) after taking contracts uh, and have them arrested. Yes, after this, Shiva goes to visit Blockbuster to inform him that after the mass arrest of Finebre's network of assassins, no one will take the job killing Dick Grayson. If Blockbuster wants him dead, he'll have to do it himself. A real Thanos moment there. Fine, I'll have to do it myself, um, and uh, and we'll see how that plays out. Um, really, just satisfying two-parter here. Just it, honestly, like let, let's not even pretend this is any kind of deep story here. It's really just an excuse to show Dick Grayson and Wally West hanging out and going on a mission, and I I can't complain about that. There's something very classic nope. about this. That, that feels like, yeah, let's just have fun with these best friends doing their thing. And yes, it ties into the main Bloodhaven story, but like, really, it's about whatever. <laughs> really, it's about, um, <laughs> really, it's about the duo um, just kind of doing man. their thing. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I love that. Um, I love that, that 
Taylor is, is taking the time to show these really strong relationships that Nightwing has with you know the people in his community. Um, I haven't read reviews in a while. I kind of stopped that like a month ago because I was getting tired of it. Um, so I don't know what the reviews have been on this, but I imagine there's probably going to be a lot of complaining that you know Dick doesn't really do a lot of stuff. But I, I would heavily disagree, especially in this issue where he really kind of steps up after Wally's knocked out by the force field. Um, and, and I felt like this issue in particular really just highlights like, yeah, Dick has a lot of friends that help him out in his cases, but he's still pretty capable of handling himself when he needs to. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I'm sure there's going to be criticism about, oh, he just relies on other people all the time. But it's like, no, he's perfectly capable. And he's just a great yeah. person, and people love working with him, which is also yeah. important to showcase. So, Unless um, he's in story arcs called The Tower. Yes, unless he's in story arcs <laughs> called The Tower, where he's incompetent. Um, or, and I almost had a stroke when I saw this, if he's in stories where he's called Rick Grayson, there was an editor's <laughs> note that mentioned night terrors. And I was like, I, I almost had a panic attack where it's like, oh my God, I, I never thought I would have to see you again. I never wanted to, but here you are like sullying my book. Um, yes. But no, it, never, it was a lot of fun. Never mention this again. Yes. Yeah. Like even saying the words Rick Grayson make me just like want to vomit. Um, but in any case, it was just a really fun team up between these two. Um, there's a part of me that hopes that maybe they can have another team up in the future. I mean, I'm sure Wally will be in this book again, no doubt. But I just I love a classic Nightwing Flash team up. They're just such a great duo, and it's always fun. So um, this one got an 8.5 for me. Just a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's something a lot of people tend to forget about Dick Grayson. He's not just... A, a circus act that's really good at fighting. He's also a very capable leader. Uh, he makes good decision calls. He's a very smart man. He's a detective. Mm-hmm. He does so much. So when when they don't, see unless he's him, on a date with Supergirl, then yeah. it's <laughs> then, then you maybe Supergirl. maybe don't make the best decisions. Yeah, <laughs> he was young. He's still learning. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like if people don't see him throwing a punch or hitting someone with an escrima stick, they think he's doing nothing. But no, he's, he's always yeah. doing something. Even even if it looks like he's not doing anything, he's leading the way. He's taking the charge. He's fixing something. Like that's that's Dick Grayson in a nutshell. That's, that's, that's who what he is. I, that's what I appreciate about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and as for the story so far, I think Taylor's taken this to some interesting areas. Um, like I just said, like he's always doing something. How he on the fly uh, staged this entire sting operation to take out a whole bunch of assassins that want to take mm-hmm. him out and single-handedly well not single-handedly but at the same time uh cancel the hit on his own life uh thereby saving hundreds of people in one quick computer type which i think is is just fantastic see sometimes violence is not the answer kids it feels great <laughs> it's not always the answer uh as for the art though i i really enjoyed borgia's pencils but i gotta say i miss redondo on this book i really miss yeah. looking at his work i hope they get him back soon uh, as for the yeah. issue as a whole I, I gave it an 8.5 still had a lot of fun and i also agree seeing dick and wally team up seeing dick and any of the classic titans team up i think is a blast oh yeah and there, there's a part of me that you know for as much as i also do want to see another team up between these two again it would be kind of nice and i know this is kind of ripping off what tom king did but 
there is a part of me that kind of wants to see him just have these short little two-part team-ups with all the members of the Titans, like one with Donna, one with, you know, Garth, one with um, Starfire. That would be very awkward, I'm sure. Uh, one with Cyborg, one with Beast Boy. I, I mean, maybe they don't all have to be two-parters, but I just I think that would be really cool to kind of highlight each relationship that he has with each member of the Titans and how important they are to him. I want an original reunite of the. I mean, I I want a, a, a reunite of the original Outlaws. Just give me a little tiny series about that. Arsenal. Well, which Starfire. Outlaws are you talking oh, about? Okay. Oh, so like Arsenal, Starfire, and, and Jason. Oh yeah. Yes. Is that even in continuity yeah. anymore? Everything should be now, right? Oh. Yeah, I think huh. yeah, it's all. Wait, is yeah. it all continuity? <laughs> Always was. Oh. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, um if I didn't give it already, I gave it an eight point five out of ten. I I had a hell of a it was a it was a feel good book. I wouldn't I won't, I won't say of the year yet, but you gotta you gotta love having those two team up, and it worked well. It went well, um, and it moved the story forward. Um, it's not redondo, but it looks pretty damn good doing it too. So uh, yeah, eight point five. Awesome. Well, I'm sorry to kind of bring this to a downer. I really should have reorganized the list of this book. Actually, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna do it on the fly. No, I can't because that'll mess up the order. Well, yeah, so uh, I, I wanted to I'm put a book that cat. was a little bit more, yeah, I wanted to put a book that was a little more feel-good, but unfortunately this book is not quite as feel-good as Nightwing, that is Catwoman 42, still interesting yeah, in well, its I... ways, but uh, not, not not quite as, as, as feel-good as Nightwing 80, or 91, so I'm going to pass it over to Josh to give us the, give us the tea on that one. It, uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a pretty quick summary, but uh, we'll have a feel-good book after this one. Uh, Catwoman yeah. number 42, written by Teeny Howard. Art from Nicoleon, uh, Leon and Veronica Gandini with Simon Bowen on letters and a cover from Jeff Decal, until I hear how to pronounce it otherwise. Um, Selena, still with the mob kid, I forget his name. Um, they get attacked in her apartment and then warmed by Iko Hasegawa that the Council of Mobster Bad Guys is going to vote on killing her, and it looks like it's going to be a yes. So Selena steals the building plans and breaks into Capullo's restaurant, sweet, where Black Mask and the head of the mm -hmm. mob f f uh, families are having the vote. She apparently stole Black Mask's mask while he was getting his teeth cleaned. Um, I'm confused there. Because I, I thought it was fused on him. But I guess it's, uh, 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 it's a mask made from his father's coffin that keeps him sane. I think it might have been because they, they did have... I think his face just disfigured now. Because he had yeah. that, that weird gimp mask mm -hmm. a few years back. Okay. A completely different zipper mouth, leather daddy fetish mask. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, Never mention it again. Mask. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot mask so much. Uh, that, that first arc of Red Hood and the Yellows was great, but oh, my God, that mask. Yeah. <laughs> Put it away and never speak of it again. <laughs> what 
something that says daddy likes leather i know no. like, oh, <laughs> weird bdsm shit if you guys have seen arrested development he's he's oh. uh, he's totally uh fucking what's his name yeah anyway um to get <laughs> to to get the to get his mask back uh he tracks her down uh, she blows up the mask in front of him after taking out a lot of his goons. He starts going crazy. The Yakuza are there for Roman, and Selena wins. After, she visits the kitty cat house to sit down with the girls who worked with the dancers that died helping her. And it's a, that part is a, it's a pretty emotional scene. That's the downer part of uh, that Brandon was talking about. Um, it ends on a downer, but man, it's a it's a damn good story, and I mean really good. I love this issue. I, I I've loved the whole arc. The art never really dropped once. It's always been gorgeous. I think it's a great wrap up. Um, I gave it a nine out of ten. Yeah, it's definitely a fantastic opening story with the new team. Uh, I think with with gorgeous pencils and colors, like like you mentioned, the art was just fantastic, and I can't wait to see where they take uh, Selena on this adventure. I think next we're we're seeing it with Harley Quinn, which is going to be quite nice to see. Uh, the ending for this story arc for me, I think, felt a little flat, uh, but I'm I'm going with the idea that it the. Uh, story threads that are left open they're in place for future stories like they're there for a reason yep. and we'll see them again because uh, there's there's a lot of open book stuff with the was it four mafias in Gotham mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely some stuff with um, Selena and Kurigawa that we still haven't seen completely so yeah I, th- I think there's definitely some, some more to see uh, I'm excited for that for this is an 8.5 for me yeah, and likely some more more beef with Black Mask after a while here too. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I wonder what he's gonna wear now. Oh, guys, no, back to Leather be, Daddy, isn't he? It'll be back to Leather oh, no. Daddy. Please Damn. no. <laughs> it'll, it, what? Okay, maybe you'll get one of those uh, Xenomorph suits. They're not Xenomorph. The the all black ones. I forget what they're called. Anyway. Uh, balaclava? No. No. What? No. But skin suit? Uh, I can't remember what it's called right now. Are you talking about BDSM again? No. Yeah, it's, like, it's like for Halloween costumes. It covers up your whole body. Yeah, it's isn't like it like, like, does like the skin, skin suits? Like, I guess. I don't like that word, though. <laughs> that's... Like, that's like, like Green Man from uh... <laughs> from It's Always Sunny. That, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess they're called morph. No, not morph suits. Oh, or... yeah, morph suits. It's something. Yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. I thought it was I something. That's why I said xenomorph. But I, I, Google yeah. says they're called like body suits, skin suits, or morph suits i don't know it's like all right let's just go ahead and strike a skin suit from the record (laughs) Uh, if it was xenomorph that'd be a whole different type of leather daddy i don't want to get yeah skin suit sounds a little too buffalo bill for me 
<laughs> I, though I could definitely see Roman Sionis being a Buffalo Bill type character one day. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, me too. And that's messed up. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough talk about body suits and skin suits and morph suits. Oh, uh, we're gonna move on to <laughs> another type of another type of suit, um, and that is the a speed suit. Yes. Uh, uh, um, is, is that a Venture Bros thing? Speed suit? Yeah. Anyway. I think that's what um, like, skaters wear, like speed skaters. I think that's what they call Oh, yeah. There he is, like a um, speed yeah. suit. I haven't watched enough Venture Bros to really know. Yeah, it's like it, it's like the thing that, that Rusty always wears, like that full suit. I think, it, I think it's called the speed suit. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Okay, enough talk about suits. Now let's talk about more suits uh, in Flash 781. Um, Rob, take it away. Gladly. So, uh, yes, it's uh, Flash number 781 from Jeremy Adams on writing duties with pencils from Fernando Pazarin, inks from Matt Ryan, not the one that played the great Constantine. Uh, I, <laughs> I forgot to check. Uh, colors from Jeremy Adams. You could moonlight as an inker, maybe. Yeah, you never know. Uh, he, he certainly had a handle on dark magic. Why not dark? Oh yeah. So, yeah, uh, and a beautiful cover from Brandon Peter and oh Peterson. I missed a a, a letter there. And Michael oh. Atia. Uh, so Wally is taken. Wallace. He's he's kidnapped him from school. I guess technically kidnapped on a world tour to save the day in various places. Kid flash napped. Kid flash. Please tell me you have the rim shot ready to go. <laughs> there yes. we go oh so, i've been waiting all week to make that joke <laughs> perfect <laughs> so the idea here is that oh goodness quiet down zeus uh so the idea here is that wally is trying to convince wallace to work with him as Kid Flash, as he needs help patrolling the planet because he needs to spend more time at home. Linda's got some stuff going on. Kids have powers. He's got a full-time job. It's a busy a life. Family. Quest. Yeah. Uh, uh, he just so the needs a nap, being... man. That's mm. it. <laughs> <laughs> so the day ends up being exactly what Wallace needed. Time being a hero with the Flash. Something he very rarely, if ever, got from Barry. Uh, they end the day in Chicago for some pizza where they surprisingly run into Girder, of all people, fresh out of Iron Heights. So the duo then power up very anime style, if I do say so myself, and go to oh, return yeah. him straight to Iron Heights in a fantastic looking panel, full of lightning. Uh, honestly, just very feel-good, very good issue. I think this is one of my favorites for The Flash, mm. if not DC. I could read this over and over again. It's just so much fun to read. It's got some trademark humor in the writing and the art. Uh, at the end, it's, it's, it's a nice story about family and what it means to be a hero. It's, I don't think I have a bad thing to say about this. <laughs> I really don't. Right? I just, I, it's a lot of fun reading this two or three times now. Uh, 9.5 out of 10. I'm going to give it. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's good yeah. to see that family dynamic with wally and wallace which is a connection in the dc universe that we haven't really had much of yet oh yeah can i see them even referencing them as i think they're cousins referencing them like they've known each other since they were kids so 
Yeah. yeah. They definitely have that family background. It's nice to see. Can I can I ask you guys to do me a favor? Yep. Can you flip to the cover of Flash uh, seven eighty one for me, real quick? The sure. One we just. The one we're talking about now. Yeah. Sure. All right, you there? You looking at it? Yeah. What's up? All right, just really look at it for a second. Doesn't it look like Wally just farted? What? (laughs) Okay. Pizza there and everything. I I mean, now that you say it, now that you say it, Especially yeah, like Wallace's reaction now what that you kind of say workshop it. Is this? <laughs> That's what I'm oh, saying, dude. <laughs> there's, there's chemicals, there's engines, there's like a generator. What where the hell are they? Is that Yeah. Is also don't put the pizza on top of the engine. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's probably how you got the bad bad gas to begin with. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh look God. at that. The, the expression on his face yeah. isn't isn't annoyed, like from yeah, being so taken so. away from. It's disgusted, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Wally's is so proud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wally just farted. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, that was hilarious, man. The the flush man thing in Argentina, which I looked up, oh, is yeah. true. Forgot about um, that. That's pretty funny. Uh, as, as as funny as it was, it was a pretty touching story, too. And it almost felt like a passing of the mantle in a way, but I don't think we'll see a costume change. Do you guys? No. I mean, he's basically taking Wallace, Wallace around. Uh, yeah. He's basically right. taking Wallace around saying, this is everything I do and I need a break. I mean, that's that sounds like a, a passing of the mantle. Um. Or just you know, passive responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, passive passive responsibilities. You know, it's it's very. I mean, it's not like Batman is the only one who ever had a sidekick, but it's very Batman and Robin to me, where it's like, okay, I'm going to show you the patrol, and then I'm going to trust that you can kind of you know do it when I'm busy with other things. Okay, um, that's good. Because I me, think having yeah, to me, another Flash is too much. Oh yeah, no, I, I think it's it's very it's very that's that's part of why I love that it. it's just like listen. I really trust you and respect you as a hero. I'm going to show you kind of what I do. And when I'm busy with other things or I just need a break and I need date night, I'm going to trust that you can handle it, um, which just, yeah, there's there's a lot to say about this issue. Um, but I'll let yeah. you finish talking. Um, no, it's, uh, I like the art in this issue a lot more than the previous one, which was the only one that I really felt had, had dipped in, in, in a while. Um, but I, I gave this a, a 9 out of 10, man. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, this, uh, I was really excited for this issue based on the, the preview image and the solicit that we got because of all the kind of missed opportunities of Rebirth, the one thing that we really never got was just seeing Wally and Wallace kind of interact as, as you know, being former Kid Flash uh, or former kid flashes respectively um and this issue i feel like finally kind of lived up to that promise and really just had them sit down and kind of talk about their experiences about it especially with wally who had you know been kid flash years ago and knew what it was like to work with barry um first before anyone else and um it just it just really wanted that and I'm, i'm so glad that it delivered in such a satisfying way um and i feel like that's something that we didn't really get you know, I mean, not that I 
was reading it at the time, but in going through older issues of Flash, I feel like that's something that we didn't always get when Bart was Kid Flash. It was more like Bart was with the Teen Titans and was doing his own thing, but you never really get to right. see him and Wally interact all that much and talk about their shared experiences as Kid Flash. Um, but I guess it was a little different because he was Kid Flash under Wally and Wallace was Kid Flash under Barry, so um, it may sound exactly the same, but I, I, I just I, I like that idea of they both have experience working with Barry. They know what it's like, and they know what it's like to be Kid Flash and to deal with those kinds of responsibilities. Um, it was it was just really great, and I think Rob described it perfectly. Just a great feel good issue, um, and I just I mean yeah, it was it was it was everything that I hoped we'd get out of every out of this uh, team up, and uh, <clears throat> I hope there there are more team ups between Flash and Kid Flash in the future. Um, so yeah, this one. Got an eight point two five out of ten for me. Just really satisfying. Flash, Another Kid Flash, Nightwing, and Robin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry. What were you gonna say, Rob? Uh, an- another thing I could call this issue is uh, Wally West's day off. Yes. There you go. Like Ferris Bueller, because I'm oh, I was looking definitely. at that 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 those couple of pages with Wallace during the math test, and it's just reminds me of Cameron just going, "Keep calling me, keep calling me." It's not gonna uh, go. If if only <laughs> if only this issue had a, a fourth wall break at the end where it's like, "All right, we're done now. See ya, <laughs> Wally." Yeah. We already had a fourth wall break in in one of the other issues. I mean, they can do it again, but. Yeah. Maybe they don't want to do it too much. I don't know. I would have loved it if at the end there was a splash page that had Wally staring at, or had 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 Wallace staring at Wally, going, "Jesus Christ, it's lingering." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> that would have been great. Oh, I'm so juvenile sometimes. <laughs> no, it's it's good. It's what we need. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that takes us to the last book of the the week, doesn't it? It does, and and what a way to end it with the penultimate issue, or the penultimate uh, chapter in our Trial of the Amazon saga, and is, of course, none other than Trial of the Amazon's Wonder Girl number two, final issue in this miniseries, penultimate issue of this story. A lot to go over, so Josh, I'll let you take it away. There's a lot to there's a lot that happens, but there you can it it, it gets summed up really quick. Um, I strongly suggest reading the book because the the arc overall has been kind of I would say hit or miss, but it o- overall it's a pretty damn good story. Anyway, this issue was written by Joel Jones, with Jones and Adriano Mello on the art, Jordi Belair on colors, lettering f- from Pat Brazo, and the cover from Jones and Belair. So, again, real quick, this issue is all about Cassie deducing who killed Apolita. She runs through suspects like Faruka, Potira, Philippus, etc., and says why they're not guilty, which leads to... Um, only the only one left, which was Artemis, and explains how. Now, Artemis admits to doing it after she was seized by the guards, but says that her reasons are her own. So, for me, that feels like quite the cop out. I am I am really disappointed with that. After all this happens, the palace begins to crumble. It in its place 
rises a giant version of Doom's doorway. So, I mean, I, I like I said, I really have enjoyed this story um, so far, but I am a stickler for open-ended shit or for things that are blatantly left wide open. So I have a problem getting over this Artemis deal. Other than that, the story has been fantastic. Like I've said, the art is amazing throughout the whole book, throughout the whole art. Um, going back and forth between the the colored and the grayscale looks dynamic here, and I love it. Uh, again, the story is great too, but Artie is a big letdown for me. Uh, everything else considered, I'm, I had it at a 6.75, but um, other than the Artie thing, it's pretty good, so I'm going to round that up to a 7. I already made this joke on Discord, but every every time you say Artie, I think of Artie and Leech from Future Foundation, and I'm just no. picturing him. I'm just picturing him on Themyscira in front of all yeah, these like Amazons. <laughs> yes, yes. No, and they're just nice. like, they're just like Artie. Why did you do what you did? And he's just like, oh, you can't, can't can't even say anything. Um, <laughs> anyway, that just makes me laugh. Um, I love Artie and Leech. Um, uh, no, this this uh, was probably the weakest issue of the bunch, just because, I don't know, I feel like it really... Rob, you kind of said this before the issue came out, that kind of focusing on just the detective angle and, and stopping, you know, the, uh, the Doom's Doorway stuff sort of like right in the middle was going to kind of fuck with the pacing, and I, I feel like it did exactly that, where we just had these long extended scenes of Cassie explaining why X person could not be the murderer and, you know, what were the reasons behind that. And I, I understood it, but it just, it feels like, or it felt like it shouldn't have been the bulk of the issue. Of course, we get some yeah. of the stuff, you know, with Donna and um, <coughs> Philippus and okay. uh, and Yara, but um, it just, I don't know, for me is like, Based on the ending of that last issue of Wonder Woman, I, I feel like this really just slowed everything down, and and um, it just kind of just kind of messed with the pacing of it for a little bit. So I'm hoping that the conclusion is not like that. Um, I love seeing Cassie, but I just I feel like this could have been cut down to like five pages. Um, but yeah, you other know than what? that, I rounded I rounded up because I was being hard on Artemis th- on the Artemis thing, but. You're right, the majority of this was filler issues. So instead of rounding up, I'm rounding down. 6.5 out of 10. Oh, I mean, you don't have to do that. It's <laughs> um, But no, I mean, as for the Artemis stuff, I do think it's a cop-out. Like, yeah, they're basically just saying, like, oh, I had my reasons, and we're not going to go into them because of mystery. Um, and I would probably be more upset about that if they hadn't just announced the Artemis wanted one shot, which I imagine is going to detail what Artemis's motivations were for killing Hippolyta. So, I, I, I honestly, I'm not really too upset about that because, like, I'm looking forward to that one shot. It should be really cool, and um, I hope that they have a good explanation as for why Artemis would have wanted to kill Hippolyta, but as Cassie explains, it wasn't out of any kind of, like, rage or anger. It was clearly out of love. So there's, there's something there that we just don't know yet, but we're going to get the explanation, and I, I feel like that'll be you know, a, a good way to understand Artemis's motivation. Um, so I'm not really too upset about that. My main gripe with the issue was just 
really just kind of weird pacing after the last chapter and, and just kind of messing with the story overall. But again, I'm hoping that it has a satisfying conclusion. So seven out of 10 for me, not terrible, just kind of a, a weaker one, definitely the weakest issue we've had so far. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'll agree that the Artemis thing is a bit of a cop-out right now, but like Brandon said, I'm, I'm not as annoyed because they... Um, what I'm annoyed is that the fact that they fucking spoiled it in the solicits last week. Yeah. Brandon and I noticed that and we're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Again, DC. What the hell? <laughs> Guys, uh, and then they know, stop the, spoiling your books. They name, they name the Artemis deal Artemis Wanted, so obviously I'm assuming that she escapes. Yeah. Yeah, which there's another fucking spoiler because last time we see her, yeah. she's taken away by guards. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but because that's coming out, I'm not as annoyed at the, at the fact that they're not giving all now. Because uh, there's going to be a lot more to the story besides just why she did it. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. back to, I think, in, in the, I, I guess, the alpha issue, you'd call it, uh, when Hippolyta paid a visit to Bata McDowell and the, I think it was, it wasn't Faruka. I don't remember who all was there. Artemis was there, Hippolyta was there, one of the queens was there and they had that meeting in secrets and there was something there that they were talking about that they never really alluded to what that was. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking that there's something there that Hippolyta is, is playing along. She might might not really be dead. Uh, we'll find yeah. out. <laughs> uh, but there's yeah. definitely some stuff going on with, with that uh, and I think there's a reason they're keeping it secret for now, so I'm not as mm. annoyed about that. Also, when you I better said what be I right. said about, I hope so. Like, we we've been right before. <laughs> we have a win <laughs> back once or on the show. twice. Yeah. Um, when when I mentioned what I said about uh, the the long winded detective stuff, you could definitely see that coming. But the preview pages I had, it's only the first two pages, and the top and bottom border panels. You only saw a little bit. You saw a bunch of dark panels, and you saw a statue crumbling. So that was all I could really see. So the fact that we got to see three different stories at once, uh, I think, was fantastic. And I loved the way they laid that out, that you Mm -hmm. didn't need heavy dialogue in the smaller two stories, whereas you did in the Cassie story. So you did get some plot drive at the same time while having your long-winded story, which I think was a nice touch. But at the same time, as much as I've always said I do love a good detective story, and I did enjoy reading Cassie doing a full Sherlock, Poirot, uh, uh, Angela Lansbury uh, moment, I think was fantastic. Um, It did take a long time, and we could have had more story, maybe. Uh, There's one part left, and we we barely have a fucking trial. And we haven't gone back to those those pre-existing... Themyscirans. Uh, there's still so much to, to think about. Like, the fuck is Doomstory Ray doing? Just what the hell's going on now? With one, one chapter left, it feels like there's a lot of open threads. And we've had this before where there's a lot of story left for one chapter, and that chapter yeah. feels bloated and rushed. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I hope it ends well. I really do. And there's yeah. definitely going to be more to come. We know there's more miniseries and one-shots coming out of this story. Uh, but for this main story right now, I really hope it ends well. Uh, either way, though, the, I think the art was wonderful to look at. I think it was, it was beautifully drawn. And like I mentioned, I love the layout of the panels. Uh, so I gave it an 8 out of 10. I honestly didn't hate mm. it. 
Well, fine. Whatever. You better be right. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I, I really hope that at some point Cassie has a conversation with Tim Drake and says, Hey, when Hippolyta was murdered on Themyscira, guess who got to be the detective? And Tim's like, Oh, good for you, Cassie. You really... Uh, Really, really using those skills that uh, that I that I helped teach you back in our young justice days, or something like that. I just I need that conversation where it's like I could be a detective too, Tim. See, I just I need that. Give me that. Told you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's it for the books, huh? Yeah. If there's nothing uh, nothing else left to cover, then we will go to our next segment for this show and that is of course our top three books for this week as well as a favorite moment if you have one so i'm going to pass the mic over to josh and ask you what your favorite three books for this week were all right uh they were all really high scoring and i had a bit of a time trying to figure out what order to put them in but uh ultimately number one went to catwoman number two Number two went to Batman the Night, and number three went to The Flash. All very, very good books this week. And my favorite moment would have been that double page of Diana catching that column. It was simple, but it was it was gorgeous. Um, that would have been it, but uh, it can't <coughs> be because of the uh, the the cover on The Flash. Yeah. <laughs> that's just I don't man that that was just fantastic <laughs> unintentional or not I love it alright um, I, I had a hell of a time picking my number three <clears throat> hell I had a hell of a time picking my number two even uh, so Oh, okay, number two. I'll start with number two. I gave it a nice house. So if you haven't read it and you're not reading it by now, the, the first six issues are out in a trade right now. Oh. Pick it up. It's fantastic. Sublime. Sublime. And, and issue eight's now out, uh, and it's, it's just getting better every issue. Uh, number one, I gave The Flash, I think to no surprise. It, it's, I said it's easily one of my favorite issues of all time from The Flash, if not DC as a whole. But for number three, I honestly, it could go to any of them. <laughs> I put blue and gold because I had to put something, and I really enjoyed that. I've always said I'm a huge fan of Dan Jurgens, especially his Booster Gold. Uh, so that's going on there, even though it wasn't my third highest scoring book. That actually went to World's Finest, uh, which also deserves a spot, but I think even Nightwing and Catwoman belong here. Lonely City was fantastic. Wonder Woman Evolution, maybe not top three, but also really good. It's It's been a great fucking week. Uh, yeah. And for favorite moments, honestly, I'm really drawn to Wally and Wallace just like, okay, Gerder, you're fucked. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and just like full on Dragon Balls, uh, Dragon Ball, that, that shit is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, as for me, my top three were also really hard to choose because there were so many just great books out this week that I really had to ask myself which ones I, I just loved uh, out of out of all of them. So at number three, I had Nice House um, on the Lake. Number eight, the series has just been great, and uh, each issue furthers the mystery, but still feels like we're we're trying to get you know the the 
the answers. Everyone's trying to get some kind of answer. Um, but I think this one, we, we're really starting to see some of the cracks form again, I guess you could say. Um, number two, I had Nightwing. Number 91, um, just, again, a really great team-up between Wally and and, uh, and Dick Grayson, and, and I love it, and I hope we get more of these team-ups soon. Uh, but number one, I had Batman the Knight. Number four, sort of a surprise, but this one I, I think I just had the most fun reading. Um, just really tight and really solid. Um, and I'm actually really looking forward to the next one. Um, but it was difficult because there were so many other ones that I wanted to put on the list. Flash was great. World's Finest, also pretty solid. Um, just hard to choose. Blue and Gold, really dug the the, the ending for that one. So, um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was hard to choose. But uh, all of them were really good, like you said, Rob. Um, but my favorite moment, easily had to be either the piggyback cradle moment in Nightwing number 91, <laughs> which made me laugh because he's just, he's just so frustrated at this point. He's like, is there really no other way that you can carry me that's, like, dignified? I have to ride on your back like a child. Um, <laughs> so is that or, or Robin and Supergirl arguing about their possible date in a World's Finest number two? That one also made me laugh. Oh, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think by now a speedster somewhere would have come up with like a cosmic rickshaw or something just to take yeah, like a sidecar or something. Yeah. But no, you got to you got to ride on their back right. or in their something, arms. It, have it come out of the ring. You, you know what I think it is? I think <laughs> I think it's they they don't. Despite being a genius, I think Barry Allen and and Jay and Wally don't do that because they know people have to like you know sit in their arms or on their back and it makes them look so much cooler. <laughs> it does. Because if you, if you have a sidecar, then you can't, you know, carry around Iris or Linda or Joan in your arms and, and look, you know, like a stud. Then you just look like you're pushing someone in a cart. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, I think, I, me thinks it's a little bit deliberate. You know, they don't. They don't want to come up with something because they want to look as cool as they can. You know, I think you might be onto something. <laughs> and as a speedster myself, I I, I can confirm this. <laughs> I appreciate you doing that for us. It's nice <laughs> to be validated. Yeah. All right. So I guess. I guess that's it for the good stuff, huh? So why don't we move on to... The Biggest Thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Indeed it is. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thinker... I think I think maybe we're all in agreement, I'm not sure, but at least for me, my biggest thinker was Trial of the Amazons, Wonder Girl number two. Again, not a terrible issue by any means. Really cool layouts, like Rob said, but just kind of disappointing story-wise. Yeah, I'm right there with you too, man. My favorite moment came out of a book that ultimately I had to I had to uh, put on the stink list. It was um, it was really disappointing to have that happen, but uh, it was mostly filler, and I don't like what they did with Artie. So, um... <laughs> Already. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> what do you mean? He's chilling with the Future Foundation right now, man. He's 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 all good. Nonsense. Somebody wasn't a Red Hood <laughs> and the Outlaws fan. That's what's going on here. No, I loved that book. It's just I've, I've never heard someone call her Artie before. 
That's <laughs> just that, again. She, I'm she just, gets I called Hardy in there. But um, <laughs> all right, that's it, man. That's it. Blue and gold was pretty close because of that Black Beetle reveal, but but yeah, Trial of the Amazons is going there. Wonder Girl number two. Um. Yeah, I've been dealing with enough poopy diapers this week, so I had to take it up, though. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't really hate anything. For me, I don't think anybody, <laughs> any book really belonged on the stink list. You you have some real-life big stinkers to deal with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming in all kinds of interesting shades. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen more poop colors this week than I'd care to even imagine oh, existing. Christ. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bender man you're like oh fuck avocados are ruined for me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I don't really like avocados anyway but there you go. thank you for that image <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome everybody out there Angela loves avocados so this is going to be fantastic <laughs> <laughs> awesome that brings me a lot of joy <laughs> All right. Um, is that about it for the show then, guys? I, I so. believe so. Is there anything people want to nominate for the dump list before we wrap? Not from this week. Um, I'm disappointed in trial, but ultimately, even the ones that we don't cover, everything was really good. Um, so uh, this week, I think everything is fairly safe, at least on my end. Yeah, no, I don't have anything to uh, to nominate. Unless y'all so. want to put Nightwing on there. No, I would kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless it was just really, really bad, but it's it's not. It's not. Easily one of DC, if not DC's best yeah. title right now. If it if it was the the. Uh, name redacted era of Nightwing, then yes, we, I would drop that in a heartbeat, but we're, we're past that. We're long past that. Fucking horrible. It's fucking embarrassing! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, well, that has been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be here next week talking comics, and we hope you'll stop by. <clears throat> Remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people, as well as uh, not a robot uh, com. I should have written that down. I did not. <laughs> I always forget, but we, we're, we're on Substack. I've said that a couple of times. Uh, we're sending out newsletters every so often. I'm doing the Indie Corner, which has been a lot of fun. Just going over indie books and Nathan and others have been... Uh, contributing content uh, related to DC and Marvel that are really great that you should check out. Um, so yeah, that's all on Substack. Subscribe to see more. It's free of charge, so you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Um, but with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot. <clears throat> Nice. All kinds of different shades. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I wasn't too quiet. My roommate is sleeping and I didn't want to wake him, so I kind of had to speak lower today. Well, I think you're fine, man. Okay. 
No, I think it, I think it came across yeah, pretty good. neighbor's dog got in the basement in the last five minutes, so there might be a lot of tingling. <laughs> uh, Excellent. Yeah. Um, when is the Ed Brisson interview, Brandon? Uh, still scheduled for the 27th. Um, I sent him a follow-up email yesterday to confirm that we were still going to meet on the 27th. Um, but I haven't heard back from him yet, so... Still waiting, but the last time we spoke, we had confirmed the 27th on, or sorry, the 27th at uh, 2:45 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 